2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Wednesday, July 6th, 2022. On today's episode, we're going to have a spoiler-filled discussion about Miss Marvel, Episode 5, time and again. This is Slash Home Editorial Director Peter Serretta, and joining me on to this podcast is Slash Home Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Brad, I wasn't here last week, but you, uh, you did well with Kevin Feige. That was such a get. That was such a... Yeah.
3: He was super friendly. Um, we got a lot of real big scoops out of him. Uh, told us everything we ever wanted to know about Phase Four of the MCU, and so we're all we're all set.
2: Yeah, I was surprised that he sounded like Ben and was so down on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but aside uh, from he,
3: that, he's a mysterious man. <laughs>
2: uh, but no, it, it was it, it's always wonderful whenever I have a day off and I listen to the podcast of the the thing I'm normally doing and listening to you guys do it because it's like an out of body experience in, in certain ways uh but it was it was fun because last week's episode was was great um but let's let's not uh harp on last week's episode let's talk about this week's episode Brad what did you think of this week's episode uh
3: you know i thought this episode was just okay uh, i think this is maybe my least favorite episode so far although there are um there are some things in it that i really enjoy especially coming off of uh you know the previous episode going to karachi and uh showing us the partition and going back in time, I felt like where this episode ended up kind of felt like it took the wind out of the show's sails a little bit. Um, And it feels weird that there's only one episode left and there doesn't seem to be any major villain or issue like for us to like worry about necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like there's somewhat of a, there's a, a bit of a cliffhanger here, but otherwise it just feels like, they they kind of started to wrap things up, and now I, we have no idea where we're going or what you know what's really going to happen next. So it's it, it feels a little bit um, strange in that regard. So I yeah I don't know I we I'll get into more specifics as we like move through the episode. But yeah, I was I was underwhelmed by this one.
2: See, I actually really like this episode. This wasn't my favorite episode by far, but um, I just think I was so emotionally invested in this episode. I I, I teared up. At certain moments, which I'm not sure... I was trying to think, is there any... Was there another moment in Marvel TV that made me tear up? And I think maybe there was uh, a, a moment at the end of WandaVision that did that. But other than that, like that, you know, so uh, I think that's that, that's worthy. Uh, like, I don't know, it, it was a strange episode. I will agree with you there. It's strange in that most of it's a flashback. So it's mostly not moving the story forward in a meaningful way. It's giving us a backstory and there's no, not a lot of action in it, which is strange for a Marvel show because usually in the less action heavy episodes of the Marvel uh, Disney plus shows, they kind of try to cram an action scene in there in some way. And it seems like they, I mean, there was chase scenes and stuff like that, but it wasn't, You know, it didn't uh, have the action quota of a normal uh, Marvel episode, and and that's not a criticism at all, Uh, but I don't know. Uh, I I like how, you know, when they mentioned the partition first in the show, I was like, oh, maybe we'll get a flashback of that. I in no way thought that they were going to give us like a whole episode set during that. And I mean, I don't know the history that well, but it really felt like in like a more accurate portrayal of that moment of history and it, it's cool that they were able to do that in such a mainstream show uh, exposing people to that uh, that history and culture uh, i I do worry like you Brad, um, that since we had such an emotional uh, closure in this episode, Carthsis is that the right word Catar- emotional yeah uh i can't talk uh which makes it hard for me doing a podcast brad um but uh since we have that emotional closure in this episode i kind of am worried that next week's episode which is the the finale i'm worried that that's just gonna turn into some kind of like you know the end of a superhero movie where it's like one big like action set piece and we're less emotionally involved and also, we don't even have villains. I mean, we'll talk about that. We do have villains. They're just the B villains of the series. And we can get into that later. So it's, I like this episode more than you, Brad, but I'm left like you wondering where we're going with the finale of the series. So, or the season, I should say, because this isn't, uh, this wasn't billed as a limited series, right? Uh,
3: yeah, I don't think so.
2: Yeah. Okay, let's get into the breakdown. So the title of this episode is "Time and Again." Brad, I often ask you why things are titled that way. Does this have any extra meaning? Obviously, there's time travel, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I think it's yeah. The the time travel thing is definitely the a big part of it. And then, uh, you know, there's probably a little bit of a you know, I guess uh, thematic meaning there too of like, uh, just kind of like this, I guess what what has been recurring in this family as far as like, um this background that they have and like how, you know, this all started with, uh, uh, with, um, how do you say her name? Aisha? Is that it? Aisha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then now it's, it's come back around to Kamala. And now she's like in a position, uh, herself somewhat, somewhat similar where she's faced with these powers and how it affects her life and affects her family and what, you know, uh, what the right thing to do is and saving the world, all, all that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. The generational. Yeah. That's a good point. Even with Cameron, because he, yeah. he gets the powers at the end, which we'll talk about. So yeah, that 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 is a very good point there. Okay, so uh the show opens with the Marvel logo, which turns into black and white and it is part of an old newsreel. Well,
3: not exactly black and white, but it's more like sepia toned.
2: Sepia toned? Oh yeah, I guess sepia toned, yeah. Um Although I, I, I do love when they play with like an opening sequence like this. It uh, or an opening title, uh, opening uh, studio card. Yeah. It does seem a little weird that, uh, <laughs> that the Marvel logo was part of this newsreel. And also, it seems weird that we even need this after like the recap. And like, I feel like we already know everything that it tells us in this newsreel. We already about the partition, we kind of already know. It's already been explained to us.
3: I want, did you look into it all to find out if this was like a, a real newsreel audio or was something they made for the show? Because if it was a real audio recording from like that time, I feel like that like would bring some weight with it because like it it really helps to, I guess, ground it even more in the reality of the situation. Like like this is real history, you know, it's not just something that's part of a Marvel show. Like this is something that actually happened, uh, you know, in, in real life kind of thing.
2: I, you know, I put that down in my notes to look up and I never ended up getting to it, Brad. So I don't know if that's a real newsreel or not. Um, I mean, I'm guessing some of the footage is, is you know, vintage yeah, footage.
3: Yeah, there's definitely some footage there, footage that's real. Um, but yeah, I was I was wondering about the audio.
2: Yeah, I would have to I mean maybe maybe by next week we'll have an answer and I'll I'll let it let you know in the feedback section of next week. Um but okay, uh so we flash back to 1942 and Aisha escapes and kills the soldier, and this takes place uh seemingly uh moments after. That moment in the temple that we saw in the previous episode. So she was yeah. like on the escape from the soldiers. Um, the Miss Marvel logo uh, goes full. You know, well, how would you describe it? Like,
3: uh, I mean, I it, like it has like a retro style to it, where like, like, like it looks like old postcards. It looks like stuff from back in 1942 and also like Middle Eastern style stuff. They, they did this when they went back to, uh, when they went to Karachi too, which I, w- I wanted to say I thought was a really cool thing because they flashed through so many different like art styles and visuals. And uh, it's really cool that they just like featured a whole bunch of different artwork to create a, a lot of different title variations.
2: Yeah. And they also did that with the end uh, credits sequence of last week's episode and yeah. this week's episode, which is like, so much work like that, that that like end credit sequence costs a lot of money to to animate and put produce yeah. and it's cool that they were able to do that just for like these two episodes that take place over there uh, okay so aisha is taken in by a charming activist named Husan who she eventually falls in love with and uh, they have and they end up having a baby and uh can we talk about how charming this actor is? I don't want to mispronounce his name, Fawad Khan, I think is how you pronounce it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like it's it's a guy that you're supposed to, to like and then, you know, you start to really just feel for because of the situation that he's in.
2: Yeah. And if you're wondering who he is, he is not someone that has been in uh, America cinema American cinema. Uh, he he's a, a big uh, heartthrob, a Pakistani heartthrob. That's uh, big in Bollywood, and we have a whole article on the site. I'll link it in the show notes if you want to check that out and uh, learn more about him. I'm sure people will because I <laughs> I feel like he's just so charming and charismatic in, in this in this role. Anyways, uh, uh, Najma finally finds Aisha and gives her until the next day to retrieve the bangle. So they can all go home. Obviously, Aisha is, you know, she's found her new home. She doesn't want to go home. And Aisha convinces Husan that they need to leave their home. Uh, She gives her the bangle, uh, she gives the bangle to her daughter for safekeeping. And at the train station, Najma shows up and Husan escapes with his daughter. Aisha is stabbed. Hussein loses his daughter while trying to look for space in a train car for them. Uh, there's a lot happening here. I'm not sure how much there is to discuss. It, which is interesting about this episode. I feel like there's a, a lot that a lot of interesting stuff happening, but I'm not sure if it poses any questions or you know has any unobvious opinions from us. So like uh, we'll get to them w- when it comes. Uh, so uh, uh, Sana uh, calls out for her parents, and Hussein is. Trying frantically to find her in the crowded train platform, and I think they really kind of captured how uh, frantic and how crazy this moment might have must have been. And Aisha is there, dying, and she's looking at a photo of her family as she's like, you know, having her last breaths. And she says, "What you seek is seeking you," uh, which is a callback. And uh, her eyes begin to glow. She doesn't have the bracelet on. She doesn't have the bangle on, Brad. But her eyes begin to glow, and that causes the bangle. Uh, which her daughter has to glow uh before she drops to the ground, and this is the the same moment that uh Kamala appears in the time, so I guess my question to you is like how did Kamala end up there was it was it Kamala's you know when she put on the bracelet in the that alley uh w- was it that whole moment, or was it her her great grandma calling for her to come there that caused her to get there like what was how did she get there
3: i think it's one of those time paradox things that you just kind of have to accept
2: (laughs) (laughs) um it does seem like they were like she was maybe calling out to the future version of her daughter for help because when she shows up there she at first thinks um that it's her daughter daughter so uh I know there's some people theorizing online that this has something to do with the the events of Loki and I, I don't think it's related to that. Do you think no, I don't think so. No. Yeah, me neither. Uh are you at all bothered by you know, I'm a big time travel uh fanatic. I love time travel movies. Back to the Future is my favorite movie of all time. And uh people people of science really hate back to the future Brad because it the 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 time travel rules of back to the future do not uh, follow what science thinks if there if time travel was possible that would not how it's presented in that movie is not possible it's like the whole uh, grandfather paradox you know if you went back in time and killed your grandfather you know how would you have been born uh, here it's the bootstrap paradox where so Kamala's great-grandmother was saved by Kumala, but how was she saved by Kumala if Kumala was never born and she wouldn't have been saved in the first place?
3: I mean, you know, <laughs> that's just uh, how time travel works, man. Yeah.
2: The strange thing is this bootstrap paradox, this this way of thinking of things is actually the more scientific, accurate version of time travel. Oh, interesting. Where there's... um. There's only I could be getting this wrong that there's only one timeline, like the that there's not you know it doesn't diverge into divergent timelines that like anything that if you got a uh, <laughs> if you got a, uh, a DeLorean time machine Brad and you were going to do something with it that would have always have happened and the consequences of that would have always happened so it's like one timeline that it, everything that will happen has happened will happen does that make sense yes. Yeah. Uh, it bothers me though. That just seems <laughs> <laughs> insane. Uh, so, uh, we have this really emotional moment where she hands the photo, uh, and tells her that she must help, uh, get Sana on the train. And, uh, she, she kind of realized that not only is she witnessing the death of her, uh, is great grandmother? Yeah, yeah, I think great grandmother, uh, before her eyes, but it it wasn't Aisha who saved uh, her. It, it was actually her who had to be the savior. So it, it's I don't know. I, I just thought it was a great uh, emotional moment moment there. Uh, Kamala finds Sana and can't get through the crowd uh, with her. It's too it's too congested, Brad, to get through the crowd. So she creates a platform of light so that not can get through the crowd herself. I'm not sure if this makes sense, Brad. Does the logic of this make sense? How do the, the light platforms help her get through the crowd?
3: Well, I mean, if it positions her above the crowd, then she's not like trying to run through a bunch of people who are like twice the size of her. Uh, so, like, and plus it's, it'll be easier for her dad to spot her in the crowd, too.
2: I guess. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Kamala's light platforms disappear as she gets knocked down and they turn into stars. And it's uh, her great-grandma who... Or her grandma who uh, created the stars. or Did she create the stars? Or is it Kamala's light platforms that turned into the stars?
3: Yeah, that's what I think it is. That's what it looks like, anyway.
2: Hmm. I will say that... uh, in the past, in this uh, this series, we've established the fact that the people that were from that clandestine world—what do we call it? The Nor, I think it was the Nor—don't uh, have the power. But people that were born on Earth from Nor descent do have powers. So you'd think that um, her great grandmother doesn't have the power, but that that um, her grandma, Sanaa, would have the power. Right? Am I, am I reading that yeah. correctly? I think yeah. so. Um, okay, so I don't know. I, I just thought this whole moment with uh, the stars that kind of guide her to reunite with her father is such a, a magical moment. And I, I feel like superhero stories sometimes lack these kind of magical... Uh, heartwarming moments like you just want to get into the powers and like using them and is it cool and i i love uh because i feel like if if you saw powers in real life you would have more of these kind of like uh, whimsical magical like you know you'd be amazed by it and we don't get much of that in the um in the superhero movies what did you think of this whole moment
3: uh yeah, this was you know, this was one of the moments that I really uh, enjoyed in, in the overall episode. It's a very touching, heart, heartfelt moment, you know, and I, I love the fact that it's embedded in this very significant moment uh you know in history in, in the Middle East for uh you know not just these fictional characters, but for real people who lived during this time and had to endure such hardship.
2: Yeah. And Husan uh, eventually gets to the train with his daughter, he looks around, he can't see his his is it his wife at that point? I think it's probably his wife at that point. Um, but he re- reluctantly gets on the, the train and Kamala finally realizes it was me. Uh, her bangle lights up and sends her back to the courtyard from with the other clandestine right after the explosion that we saw in last week's episode. Um, so Kamala's mom is now worried about her and learns that she can use her family planned, uh find my phone feature to... Find out where Kumola is, and uh, they'll venture eventually lead her to this courtyard. But uh, before that, there's a veil of light that appears in the courtyard. Uh, what do you think caused this veil of light to appear? This like kind of like it looks like a a curtain into the nor dimension is what I would describe it as.
3: Yeah, or like like a, like a crack in our world that's like opening a portal to the the nor dimension.
2: W- what do you think caused that?
3: uh i imagine it was um you know the 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 bangle being stabbed did did both you know the time travel uh thing for Kamala and then also you know busted open that that gate
2: it's weird i'll just i'll just say that it's weird um so they they try to go through it but it turns them into bones and rubble and and uh it's weird that there's this crack, but they can't quite get through it. Did you have any theories on why they can't get back home to the Nora world?
3: I'm not sure. I feel like that's something that they probably need to ex- explain in some way because it does seem strange. Maybe it's because uh, they don't have both bangles. Maybe it doesn't work that way or something like that. I don't know.
2: Hmm. I wonder if you just had one bangle if you could get through. But I guess uh, maybe we'll find out next week. So Kamala creates a barrier of light to allow Kareem to escort some locals out of there. Uh, kind of cool to see her still in like uh, savior, you know, being a hero, stepping up to save uh, bystanders. And um, Najma believes that she can make it, but Kamala tries to convince her to come back for Cameron, and uh, she says there is only one way and then runs into it and turns to rubble only one way for what what, what do you think she's talking about here
3: i i wonder if that the transfer of her powers to cameron which we see immediately following this maybe she realizes that she can't do it and it has to be cameron that maybe does it or like or it has to be i i don't know there's there's obviously something else that needs to be done for it to work properly because she can't her and the rest of the clandestines couldn't do it so uh, i'm I'm not entirely sure
2: yeah the good news is with this the veil suddenly disappears for no reason Um, and kamala's mom and grandma show up and kamala's mother finally realizes that kamala was the the light girl and Kamala hands her grandmother the photo that of her that her great grandmother gave to her. And there's this really sweet moment where Kamala's mother finally realizes that their family is magical. And um, uh, Kamala finds Kareem who is proud of her. He thanks her for and offers to help her if she ever needs it again, but mentions that the U S government has warrants out for his arrest. So, you think we're going to see kareem again we'll probably won't see him in next week's episode but do you think we'll see him again like in the marvels or
3: uh yeah i don't know if we'll see him in in uh the marvels but i, I obviously like they like to leave their options open for characters to return whether or not they have any actual plans in place yet but i'm sure the the hope is to have him pop up if they ever need him again
2: for sure Okay, uh, and he gives her his red scarf before leaving, and this will become part of her comic book accurate co- costume because uh, Kamala has like this red scarf component to it. So I, I like that. The you're we're still in the origin story of of Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel. Uh, so Kamala's mother finds something on the ground; it's a broken piece of Kamala's necklace, uh, the one that Zoe made fun of in the first episode, and. Because it's broken. It now resembles a lightning bolt. What do you think of this, Brad?
3: Uh, you know, I I like when they do things like this where like something happens and it like provides some kind of practical explanation as to why a superhero's uh outfit looks the way it does, like the inspiration for their logo. And that's very much the logo that uh Ms. Marvel has across her traditional comic book superhero suit across her uh her body. So I think that's I think that's cool.
2: Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's done really really bad like yeah. in Man of Steel where where is the symbol on his uh on his suit like it, 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 what does it mean it means hope it means hope, something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here it, I don't know for some reason it works for me I don't know uh but and I like that it it tries to give an explanation of why she has a lightning bolt on her costume because it's not like she you know shoots lightning out of it's not that's not her power it's not that she's like fast like the Flash or something like that. So uh, I like that it has some kind of origin. Um, okay, so uh, back to Sana's home. Uh, Kamala sees a photo of her mother as a teenager and learns that she ran oh, away. I just,
3: I just thought of something actually. Oh, I, I kind of, I wonder if this will be like an a, a, another cool little moment between her and her mom, and that because we see that her mom has some skills making costumes. That I wonder if she'll she'll use that as inspiration and she'll be the one. That makes Kamala's Ms. Marvel costume.
2: Oh, I think you're right. I think you're 100 percent right on this, Brad.
3: Yeah, I think that would be pretty cool.
2: Because she was making, she made those like Hulk made, costumes yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and this is finally like her mother like embracing.
3: Yeah, who Kamala is.
2: Yeah, I lo- I love that. I love all <laughs> everything about that. Uh, I don't remember if that was in the comics or not. It's been a while since I read them. Uh, but I I love that. Okay, um, so they're at the house. Uh, Kamala sees a photo of her mother as a teenager and learns that she ran away to follow Bon Jovi, uh, <laughs> a story that she had never heard before. And uh, they have this really emotional moment between the three of them uh, bonding as a, a family and kind of, re- uh, you know, especially uh, uh, her grandmother and mother kind of reconnecting with each other. And then we cut to... Cameron who finds Bruno and finally learns that his name <laughs> Cameron finally learns that Bruno's name isn't Brian and they kind of have this uh I don't know they they kind of learn that they aren't as different as they thought and uh Cameron believes that his mother will be coming back for him uh do you th- do you think his mother is still alive and in, in some way
3: I mean, I don't think as far as, like, alive as a character, I, I feel like maybe, like, some of her is in him now because her power is transferred. But I th- I feel like Marvel very specifically showed that deterioration of her and, like, that skeleton when she tried to walk through the veil to say, like, okay, she's she's gone. Um, but, like, I'm I'm sure that there... I wonder if there's going to be something that pushes Cameron to maybe not be quite so sympathetic to Kamala and like what's been happening and that, that he'll kind of become a a villain in a way.
2: Oh, okay. I see where you're going with this because I was going to say it's, it's also like not a line that you need in the story of like Cameron believing that his mother's going to come back for him, but you're leading to the possibility that Cameron's going to be the big villain in episode six.
1: Uh,
3: I don't know if he'll be the big villain in episode six, but I wonder if it, there'll be something in the episode maybe that sets him up to be an adversary. If there's like another season or or something like yeah. that.
2: But you, you, you're alluding to the fact that like maybe he learns that she she's uh, that Kamala is responsible for the death of her, of her mother, which actually is not even true.
3: Yeah, like, but there's been plenty of times where we've seen like villains are driven by stuff that they think is true, but actually isn't.
2: Yeah, Uh, so uh, Cameron notices a drone outside. This is one of those drones that uh, Stark helped build and is now under the use of the Department of Damage Control, and it's outside the window, and Cameron blasts it with some hard light before it fires, and instead of firing at them, it takes out the apartment below. I mean, it's the store below the apartment the circle Q, and it blows it up and we cut to black that is the end of the episode do you do you think (laughs) does anybody out there actually think cameron or bruno are dead at at this point
3: no i mean of course not
2: no yeah uh (laughs) okay i guess we're in our speculations or wait before we get to our speculation section brad is there anything you wanted to say about this episode before we speculate about the future
3: no, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it.
2: Yeah, I feel. I feel like it's a very like. I don't know. I enjoyed the episode more than you, but I feel like there's not much to discuss about it. Yeah, and uh, I, I
3: didn't dislike the episode necessarily. I just felt like I I loved every episode leading up to this, and this one just felt like it kind of just really just lost lost momentum, you know, and like it felt, it felt like a step back.
2: Yeah. Okay, so I guess the big question here is now that the clandestine have been taken out of the picture uh who are the bad guys uh, for the the final episode next week's episode
3: i mean the obvious choice is the um the department of damage control because they're still in pursuit of kamala and uh they've been painted as these these b villains even if they're not straight up uh villainous but like
2: but how do no. you make them villains like they've been pointed like they've been painted kind of like idiots and i don't so, know
3: I, my my prediction, and I'm not sure if it's necessarily wild, but I keep thinking about the fact that we have a secret invasion series coming up, and mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe there are some scrolls who have taken position in the Department of Damage Control, and there's something that's tied to uh, Kamala's family history and the bangle. Since we saw, you know, the bangle being removed from somebody who clearly had blue skin, uh, and could easily be something tied to the Kree, and the Kree have. Uh, you know relationship with the scrolls in in cosmic marvel history so I, I don't know i i'm not sure if that makes sense narrative wise um or like as far as the the, the <laughs> allies and adversaries are are concerned but cuz otherwise i don't really know like what the the real threat is of the department of damage control except you know i guess law enforcement um so <laughs> so yeah I, i'm not i'm not sure it's it'll be It feels weird. Like we only have one episode and like, again, not not a clear villain and not entirely clear what the potential, you know, new villains are going to be doing.
2: I don't think your theory is that crazy because I had the exact same theory written in my notes, Brad. Hey, there we go. And you know we're le- we're headed to Secret Invasion at some point, so it feels like the Skrulls and the Kree are going to play a big part in that. And you know, especially with Marvels coming up and uh, and Captain uh, Marvel, like I don't know, it, it it seems like the Skrulls would be involved in all yeah. that. So I don't know. Uh, I, I think a I think I think this season and
3: it would honestly it would make sense too because when we first met the Department of Damage Control they were trying to like recoup, you know, like alien technology and stuff like that. So like, mm. yeah, maybe, maybe there's something to that. I don't know.
2: I think you're right. I, I, I think we're both right on this. I I think this series is leading up to the Marvels and I think, you know, that's eventually going to lead to secret invasion. And I, I, I feel like we're going to get an ending to the series, the season that is going to be more of a, uh, a tease to the future of the MCU than than we normally get from these Marvel shows, so I think uh, that could be. I could be totally wrong, but that's that's my guess. Um, is the clandestine still in play? Did we see all of them get taken out?
3: I think so.
2: Hmm. And I feel like it, it wouldn't even matter. Like if they're like one of the side clandestine characters, like who cares about them at this point? <laughs> Like, I don't even know their names, so... Uh, okay, oh... Do you th- what are the odds that Cameron becomes a bad guy in this episode sex?
3: Um... Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's more likely than, than unlikely, but I just don't know if he'll be, like, pushed into full-blown villain territory for, like, so suddenly in a single episode. Like, sure, the death of his mom would be, like, a big thing to, like, really push him that way, but, like... I don't know. I feel like that's something like you kind of have to build to because like for him to become like the big villainous threat in this episode doesn't really feel like there's a lot of, you know, uh, true villainy there, I guess, you know, it just feels like a convenience more than anything.
2: Yeah. I kind of hate, I don't know. I, 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 one thing I hate about TV is the fact that you kind of have to keep people guessing of what. You know what, who the villain is, what the motivations are, and and that leads to like a situation like we're in right now, where we don't even really know what who the villain is, what the motive. Like it, it's not in movies by at this point. You know, it's all been built up, and it's all like narrowing in on this one confrontation that has to happen at the end. Yeah, and I feel like with TV, often with these Marvel shows, you know, we don't learn who the villain is until the the episode before the finale. Uh, because they're trying to keep it so secret, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical of next week's episode. Do you think? Uh, I, I think I brought this up already in the past, but uh, now that we're here and it's coming up next week, what are the odds that Captain Marvel will show up in next week's episode? Uh,
3: I think. Gosh, that's a good question too. I think it depends on like what we find out as far as like if there are any scrolls or stuff like that involved because i could see them like maybe if they were that maybe captain marvel could like show up as like a little stinger uh you know to tease what's coming in in the marvels or something like that uh but i feel like we're not going to get her like showing up to like help save the day or anything like that
2: oh yeah you don't want to take away from the victory of kamala khan becoming miss marvel yeah um i just wonder do you want to like that moment where kamala meets captain marvel for the first time do you want to the word that comes to mind is waste. <laughs> but I'm not sure that's a, that's probably a bad word to use. But do you want to waste it on a t- this TV show or do you want to keep that for like a Marvel movie?
3: Uh I don't know. I mean, like if anything like it, it could always serve as like a boost for Ms. Marvel, you know, yeah. like it would be something that would get a lot of attention and probably be like a thing where if people have been maybe waiting on watching Ms. Marvel, then they'll be like, "Oh crap, I should probably, you know, take the time to watch the show now or something like that." Um but yeah, I don't know. It's I, I could see I could see it working in their favor. Um, but yeah, I mean, it does feel like something that is you know maybe bigger than like what they have in store for TV.
2: The other thing that was set up by the series that we has not been paid off yet is the fact that there's two Bengals, and we only know of one at this point. Do you think we're going to find out about that next week?
3: Uh, I certainly hope so. Unless they're intentionally holding it back for like a second season or something like that.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, that's all I had for speculation. Did you have anything else you wanted to speculate on?
3: I don't think so. I think that's that's all pretty right. much it.
2: Okay, well, Brad, I'm not going to be here next week again. So, okay, so it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna, it's gonna be you and Kevin Feige again.
3: Oh, okay. Well, you know, if he wants to give us more secrets, then we'll, we'll let him.
2: <laughs> yeah, my, my, my plans that got canceled got rescheduled, so I, I – Likely won't be here unless, uh, unless Kevin Feige uh, cancels on us. Uh, maybe we could record on Thursday. But um, we'll see. I might be back next week or it might be Kevin Feige. Who knows? <laughs>
3: <Am> it <just, laughs> might just be Ben.
2: <laughs> or it might just be Ben.
3: Probably going to be Ben. <laughs>
2: Okay. Anyways, you can find more of all of our work at slashfirm.com. You can find this podcast on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter slashfirm.com. And please rate and read this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. And we'll see you tomorrow.
1: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe.